You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back to our study on converting primary resources. Today, I'm going to take a text from Philippians 4.6. You may wonder why I'm switching over to something that has to do with prayer when we've been talking about money, but you'll see it as we get into this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, this is interesting because God is saying to us, when you come to me, come with an answer. Now, I found this out as an employee. I worked under two different pastors for a period of 10 years. And during that time, I found out that most of the time when I went to them, I knew what I needed. There were a few times I had no idea what the solution was, but I found out that I got better results going to my supervisors if I first stopped and thought about what I was facing and then had an idea for a solution. God is telling us the same thing. Let your request be made known to God. Very often when people come to the Lord in prayer, all they do is they bring a problem. And they think in terms of problems. They never think about solutions. We are told by the Apostle Paul, ask for the solution. Don't pray the problem. And that's very clear here from Philippians 4.6. Wisdom is the ability to find a solution. So in this passage, God is telling us to learn how to make a request more than exaggerating the problem. Wise people think of solutions. Pitiful people rehearse their problems. Now, we have a story in the Bible about a young man named Joseph who had loads of problems. He was treated horribly by his brothers, by his boss at first, then his boss's wife, and then in a dungeon. I mean, he was treated horribly by a number of different people. They failed him. He did not get what he deserved. That's very real. And so there are times when we fall into uh, a a pit of self-pity because we didn't get what we deserve. You have to realize that God will allow you to remain in the pit of self-pity the rest of your life if that's where you want to stay. But when you decide that you're tired of wallowing in self-pity and that you are going to rise above it, you can then begin to see how God will bless you. And I want to tell you this. God does not need the permission of all the people around you, even the people who did you wrong. God does not need their permission to bless you. If you're waiting on them to come and pick you up out of the pit and bail you out, you're going to wait a long time. 
We see that very clearly in the story of Joseph. His brothers never came to him to bail him out, even though they were the ones who caused the problem in the first place. So Joseph learned how to look to God and to be a solution-oriented thinker. Now, he was sold into slavery in Egypt. Very difficult situation. He didn't speak the language, knew nothing of the culture, and certainly did not have the favor and freedom that he'd had in his father's house. The Bible says in Genesis 39.1, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, meaning that he was probably the chief executioner. He was an Egyptian. He bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. The King James says he was a prosperous man. This means then that the definition of prosperity is not about a particular level of material wealth. It has to do with a healthy soul, healthy emotions, healthy thinking. Joseph had that. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Now that's what a prosperous person is. A prosperous person is a person who has God with him, working with him, and others can see it. And he saw that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Now Joseph didn't prosper because of his mouth. When we read Genesis 37 about how he acted when he was in his father's house, most of what is recorded is what Joseph said. But he had to learn that talking alone will not get you to the top. He didn't have really any choice in the matter when he was taken to Egypt because nobody could understand him. None of them spoke Hebrew, and he didn't speak Egyptian. So the only language that he had to communicate was his work. So Joseph found favor in his sight, and he served him. Now, a lot of people think, oh, man, what a put-down. Listen to me. Nothing could be further from the truth. The Scripture tells us that Jesus made himself a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. He became a servant. He became obedient even to death. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I became a servant to all men that I might gain the more. He said to the Jews, I became as a Jew. In other words, Paul said, I learned to serve and identify with the people group that I wanted to reach. That's what Joseph did. So he found favor in Potiphar's sight, and he served him. Then he, Potiphar, made Joseph overseer of his house, and over all that he had, he put under his authority. Joseph was a servant, and you'll get further by being a servant than you will by being a cynic. Now, you can be a cynic if you want to, and you can believe the worst about everybody and work with a little bit of a bitter attitude. But I'm telling you this right now. God will not bless it. Somebody said, though, you don't know who I'm working for. doesn't matter. The Bible tells us in Colossians 3, 23, and 24, that we are to treat every boss we have as if we are working for the Lord himself. In other words, whatever we do in word or deed, do it all to the Lord. You can then take charge of your situation. 
Now, that doesn't mean when you do this, you immediately change the attitude of your boss. Your boss can still be corrupt while you are working for Jesus. I experienced that. But I found out that God could get blessing to me in spite of my boss and work right around him. And eventually, when I left my job, I was paying back to the church I worked in the same level of salary that I was making in wages. God blessed me so much with outside income that I was returning my salary and my tithe every month. I learned how to work for Jesus. Now this is important. It says, so from it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house, Genesis 39.5, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, this tells me that Joseph won the confidence of an, a pagan supervisor, owner, master that he worked for. And the reason is because Joseph had learned to find practical solutions for the household matters. Now listen to me, it may seem like it's nothing. And many of us are in what we feel like are nothing, dead-end jobs. But the Scripture teaches us to treat the little things like they're the big things. That's what Jesus said in Luke 16.10. If you've not been faithful in that which is least, you will never be trusted with much. Who is faithful in that which is least is faithful in what is much. You have to demonstrate that before God, before the blessing comes. And that's what Jesus did, he, or Joseph did rather. He treated his dead-end job like it was the most important job in all the world. God honored that, even though he was treated unfairly for it. Potiphar's wife made a false claim against Joseph for sexual assault, and it resulted in Joseph being put into Pharaoh's dungeon. But he once again rose to the top because he served. He began to do whatever they needed done in the prison, and the next thing you know, he's running the whole show. Now, Joseph's talking is not highlighted in Genesis 39. We read almost nothing about what he said. On the other hand, six times we read about the hand of Joseph. And so Joseph is working with his hand, but not only is he working with his hand, but he's beginning to add wisdom to it. Now, truly wise people understand that wisdom comes from God. Listen to James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Notice that James doesn't say it like this. If any of you lack money... Now, there have been times in my life where I was under a great deal of stress because we lacked money. But I learned how not to pray for money. I learned instead how to pray for what the Scripture tells you to prioritize. I learned how to ask for wisdom. So if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Based on Proverbs 8 when you get wisdom, 
the money will take care of itself, and when it does come, it won't be corruptible. God's system of money through labor and wisdom is always a righteous thing. So, I had to learn how to ask for wisdom. A lot of people think that all you have to do is work hard. I had a camp director back in 1986 when we first started Dry Goat USA. He was a very hard worker. And one of the things I noticed when I would go out to look at the camp and to see how things were being run is that he would be in the dormitories cleaning up while the kids were out on their activities. Hard worker. He's sweeping the floor helping kids pick up their clothes, making sure that all the bathrooms are cleaned. Listen to me. You may think that I thought this was honorable, but instead I saw that it was foolish because he was giving no supervision, none whatsoever, to the counselors who were leading the kids. What could have been picked up and cleaned up with a little bit of protocol, teaching counselors how to have their kids pick up the bunk. It could be done in five minutes. It's taking him an hour and a half per bunk to get it done. It's not smart. It may be hard work, but it's not smart. The scripture doesn't teach that hard work alone brings you financial blessing. It is hard work with wisdom. I know. My grandfather worked hard all of his life, but he never prospered because he never applied wisdom along with his hard work. He wanted to stay at the same level he entered the company in his assignments and in his duties. He could have become a supervisor. He turned it down. He didn't want that responsibility. He could have risen to the top, but he chose to stay at entry-level performance, even though he worked hard. For over 20 years. He never then was able to rise to where he could have been blessed financially because it's not just hard work. There are loads of people who work hard all of their lives, but because they don't bring wisdom with it, they fall and never receive the best. Now, I want to read to you from 1 Kings chapter 3, and I want to show you why God was able to bless King Solomon. It's found in verse 7, 1 Kings 3. Solomon prayed when he became the king, and he said, Now, O Lord my God, you've made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Have you ever felt overwhelmed with a new job or with new levels of responsibility? You can learn something from this prayer of Solomon. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you've chosen a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you've asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, you've not asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, 
I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And also I have given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there not, shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So when Solomon went after rich, or money, I'm sorry, when he went after wisdom, he got the riches and the money to boot because he had something that brought those about. God was pleased with the fact that Solomon had asked for wisdom. And so in all you're getting, get wisdom, is what Proverbs says. And in this book, in James, we're told, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who upbraids not and gives to all men liberally. You need to be regularly asking God for the wisdom that you need to make the decisions that you need to make in life. Here's a bit of wisdom that I picked up years ago, and I'll pass it on to you very quickly. When you are not busy working, when you are at the end of your day and you pause and take time to contemplate what's going on, sit down and write out a list of everything that you know that needs to be done. Make this an extensive list. Even though you may not be able to get all these things done, write them out. Then go through the list and assign a level of priority to each one of these things. When you get up the next day, your course is charted. You go after the most important things first. When you get the big things done, it's amazing how you will find ways to get the lesser things done as well. And it may be because you delegate those to other people. When you are trying to determine what your day is going to be like, when you're in the middle of getting it done, you will never make the best decisions. You make the best decisions when you lay out your work before you ever get started. That's all the time I have for today. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.